Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fawcast. We are back after a week off. And by we, I mean we have a, definitely a different roster going on today. Ross and Jared join us uh, again. Uh, no KK. She is uh, at a minimum two days away from giving birth. Uh, could be today, could be tomorrow, but Saturday will be the last day. Uh, she will be pregnant. So. Has, has she made a final decision on potentially eating the placenta? Uh, not, not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. I, I think she was leaning against By that the way, up, last we spoke. Update on that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did have an update, didn't you? My wife's placenta is still in existence. It's in a freezer in Carlisle and could still someday be powdered and consumed. So Why in Carlisle, of all places? It, again, remember I mentioned that Aaron has a sister who's a little bit more holistic. That's what I've been told. She's amazing. She's an amazing lady. And I would, and yeah, Jeremy's a lucky guy, but this is just one of those things. All of our, all of us are different in some way, right? We're, we all have something about us that other people look at and go, oh, that's a bit weird. It just so happens that Amy's is she has her sister's placenta in a freezer. It's not that weird when you really say it several times. I see nothing. Wrong. No, that makes it more weird. <laughs> anyway, so that's yeah. Because I, I came, I went home that night and I was like, Aaron, we had a conversation about your placenta today, and she was kind of laughing about it. I'm like, yeah, we talked about eating it and how you know we were, you'd considered or this idea was being kicked around the family, and Aaron's like. Yeah, it's still, Amy still has it. It depends on how hungry I am. How hungry I am. Jared's tweaking. It, it the doesn't matter there. how hungry I am. Hey, Jared, as long as you can hear me talk. Yeah, I can hear you. It's fine. I can't hear myself talk, but I don't need to do that. So. It's, it, it's totally fine. Hey, I can almost. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Ooh, there, you go. There, you are. Ooh, there you go. Ooh, so much better. Um, so a couple of uh, quick housekeeping items as well. Um, so Chris is missing for the second straight week. Uh, so we uh, we send out condolences to the Williams family. Man, that's weird. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'm not tweaking all over the board here. So I think you are, though. You're going to be. This podcast gear, man. This is th- this is an episode of the podcast itself. There we go. It's just these cords are everything's are goofy. Just super delicate. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, it sounds pretty good right there. Don't cross Ross, them up on just, anything. Ross, you just want to hold that cord the whole show? Oh, yeah, we'll do that. There we so, go. Uh, Chris, Chris, as as everyone knows because of Twitter, had a had an uncle die, and then uh, Chris had another <laughs> uncle die, uh, in the most extraordinary circumstances I've ever heard of. So we do uh, wish Chris well, and he'll be back at some point. You do want to tell people like the extric. The Uncle Dick died last Thursday, and then they were preparing for the funeral on Monday. The funeral was going to be at like 11, 10, 30, 11 on Monday morning. Dick's oldest brother died preparing for the funeral. Yeah. So getting ready for his brother's funeral, mm-hmm. Chris's other uncle passes away. These just, just drops dead. Wasn't even ill. No, right? yeah, yeah, right. Had a heart, massive heart attack yeah. at his home in front of his family with all of his kids there. And then, so, I mean, just uh, unbelievable circumstances that his family had to go through to be preparing for a funeral, have an uncle die, and then be at an uncle's funeral literally hours after finding out 
that another uncle had passed away. It, it's it's it, surreal. It, it's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. If yeah, you've seen it, like where I the mean, most improbable things happen. You're like this isn't real. Right. That's why. That's why this is a TV show. Yeah. That's that's kind of what it felt. You've like. got a brother and a sister, and yeah. both older, right? Yeah. The youngest in your family. I'm the yeah. same way, man. And uh, Mike is not the youngest in his family, but both in the, Mike is Chris's dad. Yeah. B- these were both older brothers for him, and his only two older brothers. Yeah. So in the span of four days, he Lost loses both. both of his older brothers. Just a tough, tough run. Man. So yeah, love to uh, Mike Williams, good guy. Um, and Chris will will be back, and certainly might have some thoughts on that. But wanted to carry on the podcast uh, in Chris's name, as he would as he would want us to do. Um, speaking of other household items, uh, Nick is no longer uh, here. Uh, and by here, I mean on the forecast and at Charterhouse Real Estate. Nick has left. Um, and that happens in real estate. The common question is, uh, was there an issue? Was there a problem? Are you mad at him? And the answer to all of that is no. No issue. Nick and I are friends. Why is there a hole in the wall? <laughs> there is. Look up there. Look behind you. Oh, oh his, his picture is off of yeah, the Yeah, we have, we, have, we have caricatures of Boy, the agents yeah, that work Boy, that happens here. quick. You're dead fast around here, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. cow. So we have caricatures of the agents. In fact, we're actually missing a couple. Uh, their caricatures are being drawn. Uh, but on our wall, we have the agent roster, and uh, Nick's is just plain cardboard at the moment. But uh, <laughs> Nick is... Uh, no, you That's know, what they do, by the way, when you're at Disney and you uh, do something yeah. profane. They put you on the wall? They put you on the wall, but they put cardboard over your picture. Okay. They've got a great system in Disney. So, like, okay. one of my favorite memories of my brother that I'll ever have was when we were at Disney and we went on Splash Mountain. Yeah. And uh, we get down. We when we when Have you ever been on Splash Mountain? Yeah. So, it's like a the f- flume, I think it's called, right? Yeah. It yeah, has, it has it. four seats, and it seats eight people. Each seat has two seats in it. My nephew and I were in the front seat. He's like 13 years old. My brother is in the second seat by himself. And behind my brother are a family of four. Mom and son, dad and daughter in the back seat. So we splash down into the final hill. And, you know, you go underneath the bridge. And there's hundreds of people sitting there watching you taking pictures. We splash down into the final thing. And my nephew instantly turns around. He's like, Dad, you didn't do anything stupid during the picture, did you? (laughs) My brother's like, what picture? What are you talking about? My nephew says, when you come down the final hill, they take your picture, and then they put it up in a big screen down yeah. here at the bottom yeah. of the hill. And my brother's like, I don't even, I didn't even know they were taking a picture. I wish you would have told me. I'd have done something dumb. I think they'd have something on the ride that says, about to get your picture taken. Brad knew they were going to take a picture. Okay. Uh, we get down to the picture area, and the pictures pop up of our flume. Yep. And in the front seats, me and my nephew, we've got our hands in the air, and we're screaming. We're having a great time. Yep. Behind my brother are a family of four, all screaming, having a good time. Lovely picture. Except for the fact that in the second seat is a 44-year-old man with his T-shirt pulled over his head and an erotic-looking look on his face while he tweaks both nipples. (laughs) (laughs) Did he he buy it? No, No, you couldn't. Mark, it popped up for a quarter of a second on the screen, and instantly this cardboard sheet flew down over the top of the... Because don't they try to sell those for like 20 bucks or something? Oh, yeah, you can buy it. They are not letting you carry around proof into the world that you had nudity or anything profane happen at at (laughs) Disney. That's great. But I will tell you, dude, I can I could not walk through the park. I had to stop every twenty feet because I was doubling over with laughter. It was the greatest picture. I'm I've sure ever there's seen. some doozies that the uh, the world of Disney has seen on that ride. Um, but anyway, so uh, 
so I don't want to get off the track of real estate uh, yet because a couple other things I want to mention. So, so Nick's gone. We wish Nick well. Uh, people move around in real estate, so I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we continue. That's Charterhouse. I do want to mention something, though, related to real estate today, other than Ryan Grove, which we can plug in a bit. Uh, and we don't talk a lot about real estate or numbers on, on this, this podcast, obviously. We like to keep it fun. But rates right now are ridiculously good. Okay, this is this is worth mentioning to our audience. I'll tell you why. This isn't about just buying a home. So rates right now are anywhere from from uh, I'm hearing some people say 3.375 percent uh, down to three and a half percent. Okay, they haven't been in the threes much at all in the last couple of years. To get down to now today, at least three and a half, maybe lower. Where you can save some money if you're listening to this and you already own your house is a refinance. Okay, if you own your home, if you already own a mortgage, uh, to do a refinance, and we have people here at our office that can help you with this, the good folks at Community Choice, uh, it costs a little bit to do a refi, but it doesn't have to cost a lot or anything out of pocket because you can build it into what you're refinancing. Right. But you can talk about saving a lot of money over the course of the rest of this loan, monthly, etc. So, if you own a home or have owned a home for a while and you have a mortgage that's even over a four, and you can lower that down to 3.5 do it you are going to save money over the long run so um, you know again I don't know we've ever really talked rates but the rates haven't been this low in a, in a long long time so and obviously if you're thinking about buying a house too we've talked a little bit about this the difference in a rate if you buy it 3.5 or 4.5. Not a huge difference, but large enough where you're going to basically at three five, you're going to be able to buy ten percent more house. So on a two hundred thousand dollar house, you're going to the difference between a hundred eighty thousand dollar house or a two hundred thousand dollar house, and that can be a big difference as well. So, not preaching at you guys, just trying to save you some money. Uh, if you have questions, you can always reach out to me. But rates are fantastic uh, right now, so jump on that. Um, now that Nick is gone, by the way, um, we are looking for where we're going to go for a co-host. A lot of people have said it needs to be Ross Peterson, but Ross already has 10 jobs. So, uh, some people out there like KK. Oh, KK, dude, that that was gold last, was that last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago that we were here? Whenever, She's fantastic. Whenever man. it was, but this is interesting. So, I got an email. So, we are trying to, from time to time, we don't we don't get rich off the forecast, but the forecast has good numbers, I think. Jared can confirm or deny this. I don't see the numbers. I haven't even seen the numbers on my own podcast. But so. uh, Williams likes to keep those things yeah. secret. But in yeah. the past, it's always been, there's a lot of people that listen to our, the, not just the podcast, but all the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. So, there comes times when you try to capitalize that a, a little bit. And not just for yourself, but getting the word out um, about a company or about somebody to, to this audience that hopefully they embrace and, and, and use. So, I was, I was pitching uh, a, a company that I'm not going to name here uh, about, hey, it makes a lot of sense, man. We've been working on this thing for four years now. We've got 225 episodes. We've got a loyal following. It makes a lot of sense for us to link your brand to what we're doing. So, the response back was... We'll go ahead and give it a listen. You know, we'll 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 see what happens. No, don't do that. <laughs> you know, we want to we want to know we're sponsoring. I go, hey, you know, hey, by all means, go go pluck an episode out of out of the internet. They're all on there somewhere, etc. So there's 225 episodes they could have picked, uh, and and here's the response that I got back <laughs> from from them. All right, so prospective buyer. Hey, Mark. Uh, several of us gave it a listen. Got to be honest, the episode we turned to was about Scrotox 
Hashtag uh, wrinkle-free scrotum. Uh, <laughs> gay, gay sex, premarital sex with your wife, etc. We all agree that's not really for us as a brand. <laughs> so of all the episodes they could have picked, I think they probably picked the worst one, maybe, that we've ever done. So like I, I said, hey, you might want to try a few other episodes oh just gosh. to see where we're. You know, we talk about sports and <laughs> That's stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so their impression of the forecast uh, is boiled down to scrotox at this point. So I don't think they're going to be joining us. But uh, hey, it reminds me, if anyone out there who's actually a fan of the forecast and owns a business, we're happy to plug what you do. Just know what we're all about here. So that's awesome. So yeah, that didn't go well. I should have directed him towards the Matt Campbell interview, probably more than more so than anything yeah, else. Yeah, dude, send a link. You know, don't so. say hey, pick one out of the. Just go ahead and pluck one, guys. No, yeah. no, send them your best work. Yeah, and say hey, look, this is the type of highbrow stuff we do. And by the way, don't subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even, <laughs> even then, they could have pulled up the last one that we did where. Yeah, the like, I'm talking about heckling yeah. at, at the Miracle League Eating and boogers. placentas and yeah, I mean like the last the last couple, if we're honest, have been a little bit more on the uh, the blue side. Well, then side. step your game up here, Charter. What you are know? we doing today? So I assume today then you're coming with some really good stuff. You've prepared yeah. some topic that you want Jared and I to dissect. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about Malcolm Gladwell or of course. I actually listen to Malcolm Gladwell last night. Did so, you listen so, to the new so that, season four revision? So here's, yeah. here's what I wanted to Did do it this my, morning. Fantastic. My plan my plan for the podcast, especially when you guys are on is just to kind of let you go but we do have if we want to talk sports we can dissect it we've got an nba draft obviously that's that's relevant to what we're doing uh, time wise uh but yeah it's always the topics of the day that's the reason people like ross on the show is because it's you never know what you're gonna get i'm down with that you are the life uh, is like a box of chocolates guy that, that's I, what you are i appreciate that I, i'll take that as a compliment and, yeah. and, and we did talk about before we started today we were uh, um, talking about a subject, you just mentioned uh, Malcolm Gladwell and his and his podcast, which you give rave reviews about. You say it's your favorite, right? Yeah, yeah, my favorite. Uh, and I hate using things like by far or it's not yeah. even close because it's uh, those things are designed to shut down the conversation and not actually talk about what is close and 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 perspective and all that. But such a Ross thing to say. That is, this <laughs> yeah. is uh, when I woke up this morning and saw that there was a new revisionist history. Like the, it's that Christmas morning feeling for me. I mean it. I was giddy as soon as I saw that thing pop up. I had I was it was playing before I got into the shower, if, and if, that's like I roll out of bed into the shower. If Williams was here, he would have described it as eggplant emoji. Yeah, right. That's Chris's way of saying it. I, for sure. I I just. I think he's a really smart guy. I love he, almost every one of his podcasts makes me think for a while about something. Wait, Chris or Malcolm Gladwell? Malcolm yeah. Gladwell. Okay. And in, fa- in fact, I was thinking about Chris on this Malcolm Gladwell podcast today. Jared, you said you've listened to it also. Yeah. It's a real deep dive into how we take tests in America and how lawyers are basically placed and picked in our in in the current system, and how it rewards speed over getting the right answer. Now, you've got to be able to do both. And you've you're got to be ta- able you're to talking g- about timed tests. Timed tests is what this thing is about, but it's deeper. Like, again, with all Gladwell things, it's deeper than that. 
Have you read and any I, of his books? I, I, well, no. Oh, no, you're not. A, I'm, I'm not a huge. Yeah, I, I, I much prefer audiobooks. Oh, so I like reading books. Chuck Klosterman. Oh, okay, That's a dude yeah. I can read for days on end. You got to remember where he graduated from. I'm so an East kid. Makes, yeah, makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, the, it's it's really hard to read books when you're stealing hubcaps, Jerry. Yeah. Okay, so the audiobooks just it keeps both hands free for all the fencing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Chris is a tortoise. Chris is a guy that can cre- have an idea, work on that idea, and every time he addresses it, he's able to refine it and improve it. He can edit himself and make it better. Mm-hmm. I'm a hare. I'm ri- out of the box. It's the best thing that I'm going to get. And every time that I try to turn around and reevaluate what I've done or edit what I've done, I ruin it. Mm-hmm. I water it down in some way. And that's why I, it, Chris and I, I think you make a really good team because we're so opposite and we come at things so completely differently. It might benefit me a little bit more when we're on the air because I am quick. I can, yeah. I'm really fast on my feet. But Chris is smart. And those are two different things. Smart takes time. Smart takes a little, a lot more thinking and planning, and then at the end of it, you get this really comprehensive idea that comes together. I'm the guy, I kind of form it as I go, and then when I get done, I go, oh, cool, we built that really neat ball, and there's an idea that we had there. Mm-hmm. But if I think about it too long, I'm going I'm to piss all over it. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is about, in a way. And again, I know I'm, I'm taking some real liberties with what Malcolm Gladwell's doing here, but I'm anticipating where he's going to go over the course of this season. And I'm seeing it, it play out in my own life that there's benefits to both. And, I, and, and you can't, you can probably train your brain to do the other thing, but I think a lot of us are just built one way or the other. I, Gladwell did this in an earlier season, too, about talking about artists. And he talked about conceptual greatness and um, and basically planned greatness. That some artists, they put their brush to the canvas, and when that brush comes off the canvas, they've got a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And they're never going to edit it, and they turn mistakes into purposeful parts of the painting. Yeah. And then there are artists that when one line gets out of place or yeah. one tone of paint is not what they anticipated, that's garbage, and they will start over and do it again. Yeah. That's Chris. Chris is the guy that he wants it to be perfect. He's got a plan in his head. He wants it all to go, and he's going to take the tortoise approach to it. I'm the dude that wants to slap the paint on there and then go, yeah, wasn't that cool? It's a little bit. You guys are a mix of Bob Ross. I think uh, Bob Ross is one of those guys. You ever watched the show? 100%. Absolutely. Bob Ross would start with like an idea and put it on the on the canvas and, and, and finish. I'm using air quotes that no one can see. And everyone would be looking at it and be like, oh, dude, that's perfect. I can't believe he did that. But then he goes back. And he does more. Mm-hmm. He adds more trees. He adds more to the sky. He does like Dude, he, all and, and, cha- change and changes it, right? You're yeah. like, Dude, I loved it the way it was. Yeah. And some people wish he would stop, and some people wish he would do more. Jared, did you test well in college? Uh, no, definitely not in college, but I don't know if that's because I was bad at testing or because I didn't study. So here, so here's the question. Okay, so studying obviously matters, but one of the things that, that Gladwell is talking about, and I haven't listened to this, but my argument would be, that at a certain point, time doesn't matter. Now, why do we have time test? We have time test because you you have a defined section of time to have the class, right? You have a 50-minute class, and then everyone has to leave and go off to something else. Or you have proctors giving an exam, right? You you don't want to have to pay the proctors for 10 hours while these people are doing it. So there's reasons that we have time tests that make a lot of sense. But my point is, in college, Jared, if you had 50 minutes to do a test, 
and got through it okay and answered all the questions in those 50 minutes, would you have done a lot better if given four hours? Oh, no. And my argument is not really. No. You either know it or you don't know it, and the time is not going to make the difference. Time only matters when you are literally, with one minute left, have 10 questions right. unanswered. Yeah, but that's well, I, I'm, I'm kind of like Ross in the sense, I mean, even with, with the stuff that I do for my job, like I, I don't like to have to do stuff again, so I'll usually do it once. And I mean, so, most things that I do, like I wrote a feature story last week. I hadn't written a feature story in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I sat down on one day, and I wrote like 2,300 words just in one sitting. It probably took me like two hours, two and a half hours. And then I was done, and I felt really good about it. And then Chris read through it. Rob read through it. They made a couple t- changes. And I was like, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it again. Mm-hmm. I feel like I did the best that I possibly could. I'll let yeah. you, you guys take you, take a crack at it. And if you see some things that you think you can make better, then that's perfectly fine with me. But I'm, I was like, but I don't think that I can look at it and sit here and reread these sentences so many times. I'll be, I'll drive myself nuts. That's funny. Mark, that's almost a conversation you and I were having before we got recording here about everybody has different specialties. Everybody has something that they are good at or that sure. really interests them. Sure. And when you look at like a surgery that's happening inside that room, you can, that, that is the epitome of that. Everyone's the, the, doing their part. The surgeon has a very specific job. Now, yeah. does the surgeon know how to do most of the jobs in the room? Yeah. But why is he not doing all them? Because it's better for him to be focused on that one thing that he's really good at or the one skill that he has that nobody else in the room has. Yeah. So now you've got to have a surgical tech there, an assistant who knows every one of the 5,000 instruments that are on the table in front of them and knows when the doctor wants something, how to get it. The anesthesiologist who, if they carry a decimal point the wrong way or, or do a, an equation wrong, can kill the person. Mm-hmm. That's a very specific job. Can everybody in the room figure out the math? No. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> no. Maybe. Can more than one guy figure out the math? Yeah. That guy, no, that's his specialty. I yeah. do disagree with one of the things you said, though, man, about the – you said if if you either know it or you don't know it, and it's either there or it's not. And I completely disagree with that. And I had an example of this with helping my wife with something this week, and it was an old math problem. It was finding uh, – solving for X on um, linear angles or something like that. And I – that's something I know knew how to do at one point in my life. I looked at this stuff, and it was Greek all of a sudden. It, I, it was – I saw the problem, Mark, at about 9.30, and I thought, I'll never remember how to do this. I Googled a few things to try to get a handle on yes. it. And after about 15 minutes, I literally looked at my wife and said, I do not know how to do this stuff. Dude, it was 11.30, two hours later. Yeah. And something clicked in my brain. Something in there, that file cabinet got pulled, and the right piece of paper came flying onto the desk, and it went, wait a minute. I remember how to do all yeah. of that stuff. I didn't need a calculator. I took the iPad back from her. And I'm like, Rain Man, all of a sudden, man, I'm seeing these problems. And as soon as they're popping up on the screen, I'm like, I know that. I, I don't even need to go through the... I think what you're talking about, though, is is recollection, okay? But you, the, but you, you knew it. You did again, know. But you it was did the, know. It was you couldn't the bring time, it up. But it was the time that allowed me to prove that I knew it. Correct. If that had been a timed test and it was like, yeah. all right, I know in the back of my head, I've got 30 seconds or 45 seconds yeah. to think about this. And if I don't know it, I have to move on yeah. and declare that I don't know this stuff. Well, that wasn't the case. And I think that part of this, and again, I'm assuming where Gladwell is going to go in his series, season is that the real world doesn't 
a lot of play, a lot of industries, that's not the way the real world works. Yeah. In the radio industry, man, we joke about this all the time. I work on a glacier. It's really stable. I've got, I, I know I'm going to have a job, but at the same time, I can't change stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's impossible to get changes to happen in, a, in, in an industry that's existed for a thousand years, right? Yeah. I think that part of where he's going to go with this in his conversation is that society, the, the law profession, is not about getting it right fast. Trials are slow. The, the system moves slow. And the idea is to get it right. If it, if it takes you two hours to go, oh, recall it and go, oh, man, I know the solution to this problem. I know which chess move I'm supposed to make to win this game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it in the bullet format. I only know it now in classical format because yeah. I got time to think about it. That's the way the world really works. And so I think his premise is we need to reevaluate the way that we test people because we're losing good ones in that first filter. Which, which I can completely agree with, but the, then the question is how? How do you do it? Yeah, that's, you know, instead of four hours for the SATs, now you've got 12. Yeah. You know, but you've got to pay people for that, and there's an economic part 100%. to and that. You, the Proctor thing that you mentioned, I think you've also done the uh, gangster capitalism. Uh, deep dive Andrew Jenks, who is, does some amazing podcasts. He's got What Really Happened. Um, he worked for Sports Illustrated for a long time. He has a, a podcast series called Gangster Capitalism. It is a deep dive into the college admissions scandal. Yep. Proctors play a big part in that. Yeah. Because they had to fake the ACT tests for these kids. Mm. And proctors are the people that are there to prove that the, or certify that the kid actually did the test in the time yep. provided. There, there's so many wrinkles to that uh, college admission scandal that, that are disgusting, but the Proctors was one of them. That would have to be like a deep, 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 deep thing, too, because, I mean, I remember taking the ACT, and it was like there was no way that anyone could go and take that for you. I mean, you really had to have, like, created a really serious. No, no it's that, it actually, Jared, it's very simple. You have a crooked Proctor. It's, well, that's what I'm saying. You got it. Like, that is really all that you need. You got to get people on the inside, like right. uh, they're working for you. You know, because it's just. I mean, unless you're paying that Proctor, I mean, like, it, there's no way you're getting past that person. Well, well, those the, people. Yes, but how much does a Proctor make? I mean, I, so I, I look at this like Ross. Their Proctor's making a maximum 15 bucks an hour. Okay, and I go to that Proctor and I say, here's five thousand dollars or fifteen you just, or fifty. You, you, you just you just need to look the other way, dude. For fifty grand, I'll lot, take. A yeah. lot of people, as we proved with the last episode on what people will do for money, a lot of people are going to say, who am I hurting by taking this money? How like, embarrassing I, would it be if you it. paid 50000 to get the ACT done and, it, and then you still didn't get a good enough score? Well, you'd get your fifty grand back, I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, after, and you'll, you'll understand after, when listening to this podcast, that isn't even an option, Jared. This is a guarantee. It's not. Th- this wasn't a gamble that these people were taking. This was an item they were buying off of a menu. Are there, do you want, are there, are there do you want a 32? That, do you want a 32? Do you want a 34? Or do you want a 36? Was, was this just the score that was being manipulated, or was there an actual test being taken? Well, they, they're in several because cases. Because there are people that are smart enough to get a 32 every time Mark, they take the test. Again, I would encourage people to go listen to that yeah. one, too. The, the gangster capitalism is fantastic. Here's yeah. what you'll find out. It depend, it was, uh, it was, there was discretion here. 
What does your What are you comfortable with, Mark? Does your son Does Seton need to feel like he took the test? Does Seton need to feel like he got a 34? Because here's what we can do: we can put him in a room with the test and a proctor, and he can take the test and think he got his own 34. And in the room next door, we're gonna have a smarter kid yeah. really feeling filling out a test that has Seton's name on it. Yeah. And event and that's the one that'll be handed in. Yeah. And then we'll say to Seton, Hey, congratulations, buddy! Yeah. You got a 34 when in fact he got a 22. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That we can do it that way. Does your son, does he give a crap? Maybe Seton is, maybe you've talked to him about this and said, dude, we're buying your way in. You don't even need to do the test. Let him go play Frisbee golf. Yeah. There's a story in the podcast of a kid who is literally playing with his friends outside of the room that his other classmates are taking a proctored ACT test. Yeah. And he says, I, I kind of felt bad, but at the same time, it was a beautiful day. <laughs> like, I'm always torn. So I, I'm, I'm torn on these topics because at the end of the day, it's a test. It's a role. You go into a college and then what you make of your life from there becomes what it makes. You know, obviously, you don't want to advise that people cheat and do these things, but it's not it's not as bad of a crime as many other things are. But there's but, just so much. About, see, I, I agree with what you're saying there, Mark, but it's when you get into the really nuts and bolts of this thing that you realize yeah. how gross it is. And. and there's one injustice that they touch on that I think highlights it a lot. There was a lady who, I think it was in the Philadelphia area. Her she she lived in a neighborhood where the public schools were not great, and she was adjacent to one of the better performing public school areas in which her father lived. Yeah. So she cheated. Mm-hmm. She used her dad's address to get her kids into a better public school. Okay. They found out about it. She's in jail. What? She's in jail. Uh, that seems a little and far-fetched. She, and she was fined $10,000. How's that any different than someone just open enrolling somewhere? How well, is that, how's that punishable she didn't by use, jail? She didn't use no. the open enrollment. She cheated. And she, she did what she thought. She knew what she was doing was wrong. She knew she couldn't just use her dad's address. But she also knew this was a guaranteed way to help my kids get yeah. a better education. Yeah. So she does that. All right. Now you find out what some of the punishments are for taking 50,000, 500,000, millions of dollars to manipulate the university system yeah. at Yale. Yeah. I mean, th- these crimes don't even compare to one another if they're even considered crimes. And the punishments are absolutely adverse from one another because you're wealthy. The system is different for you. It sounds like, though, that, that the, the, the couple of famous actresses in this case, it does sound like they're at least facing time in prison. I don't know. That's because yeah. they're Get stupid and, just, and they won't admit that they did anything. Yeah. yeah. If, the, if the one of them, if they would have taken the plea agreement, it would have been a whole different Lori Loughlin, yeah, Lori just taken, if she'd just taken it's the crazy, plea agreement, man. it would have been way different. People, people are stubborn. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of time tests, I'm going to give you one right now. Let's do it. Ready? Put your, put your, uh, get your pen out. Okay. Okay, I got a pen. Lots of pens in front of you. Jared uh, already knows the answer. I'm not going to write one. on this because that's a copy of a check. Jared, Jared and I just flip over one of those on oh, the back. Okay. That's okay. Right, yeah. right, okay. So Jared and I were uh, did a trivia thing on Saturday. Could have finished second. We didn't. We blew it. Uh, life goes on. But here's your question, okay? Okay. Rank these things in order from the lowest number to the highest number, okay? All right. So you've got number of walks, record number of walks for Barry Bonds in a season. Number of someone's phone's going off. That's me. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Yep. Number, uh, number, uh, highest number of strikeouts in a year by Mark Reynolds. Ooh. Number of RBIs in a season by Hack Wilson. Okay. And uh, number of hits in a season by Ichiro. 
Your time starts now. We need the lowest to highest. Lowest to highest. Uh, we'll see how well he does here. Dude, I'm still pissed about that Kendrick Lamar con uh, question. What was the answer uh, to that song? It was Bad Blood by Toe Swift. Uh, I went, yeah, I went yeah, back yeah, and yeah. listened to that song. Don't mind All right, Ross All right I'm going to go lowest to highest. I'm going to go Wilson, Bonds, Reynolds, Ichiro. Uh, he's, he's wrong. He mixed up. Uh, you're, you're correct on the first one. Hack Wilson was Hack the lowest. Wilson He's like the 190. Lowest. And what was your highest one? Okay, then I had Ichiro. Barry Bonds with the walks. I had around 220. You'll have, to, you'll have to help me. I think he's mixed up two I, and three. I think, he, yeah, Reynolds, I think you flipped Reynolds. Reynolds and, and, and Bonds. Bonds. I had bon yeah. I had Reynolds K's at 240. So and then I, I want to say Bonds walked like 200 and I – mean, it was like 250 or so he, something. So, so those something are the ridiculous. two. But I was close. Yeah. I'm pretty close there, though, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. And okay. then Ichiro's a high. Ichiro was – because he had 300 hits, two, didn't he? 260. 260, yeah. 260, okay. 260 okay. hits. So that was one of the trivia questions and we had. And then did Jimmy Rollins – Jimmy Rollins didn't beat that for hit. No, he had most. Did he get most at bats? He ended up with one season with like. As far as I know, Suzuki still has the record. Yeah, okay. Ichiro still has that record. For that. All right, I feel like I did well there, but you're right. It, the time, the time yeah. changes it. See that? See, you're a baseball fan, and we were debating this the other day, and it was. Uh, something like Hack Wilson comes up. Yeah. You know you're a baseball fan if you know like 190. Yep. Okay. That's so it was in the 30s, 1930s, I think, when this happened. That's and just it a, not even been before that. Just a random, random number. But uh, trivia is a great example of what we're talking about. It's a, it's a speed test. That's what it is. Cause, and, and that is an example where if given more time, you might be able to get the right answer. Yeah, right. I think if I would have thought about it, maybe I would have realized Bonds had more walks than that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just kind of ballparking those as you were, as you were saying them to me because I wanted to, to the, do it quick. That's a fun one. The other one I'm going to give our audience here that they can, they can work on and think about was, was the one that uh, was, was enjoyable. Jared, if you have a good one, feel free to throw it in just so people can debate each other in their cars as they listen. But the question was, what is the only U.S. state that is triple landlocked before it hits an ocean or a gulf? The Great Lakes do not count. And by and triple landlocked, tri you mean it has to Triple landlocked means from this state, there are three states before you get to water or two states and a Canadian province. There's one state that fits this, and I'm not going to give the answer on this. This is for people to decide on their own. But that was an interesting question. Did not take us too long to come up with it, but you have to picture the map in your mind. And do that part if you're listening. Don't grab a map because that doesn't make this any fun. Uh, was there anyone? Uh, Jared, you got a couple. Was there anyone that you the got one, the other day? I liked the one about the where you had to list the uh, albums by... Uh, units sold. Yeah, units. That was a good units one. sold. It was uh, from highest to lowest. Hotel California, Back in Black, uh, Twenty One by Adele and Shania Twain. Yep. Yeah. Her, whatever her big one was. Yeah. Come on over. I right. think was the name of it. Most uh, certified units sold. Whoever, whatever the hell that means, right? And it's, it's those are all albums because uh, yeah. they're albums. I, correct. I would be bad at. I'm not going to be nearly as confident. We'll, we'll as give, I was we'll give up the answer on this one. The state one, the the listeners got to figure out. For I would guess that the the highest one there. I'm going to guess is Hotel California because I think that's the, the highest selling single of all time. So I'm going to guess that that was number one. Okay. But I would, I'd move ACDC down. 
I'd maybe go Adele, Shania, then ACDC. So you're along the same lines of thinking that we were. So you'll correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry, but he's right about number one. Yeah. Hotel California is, is number one. Number two, which was the shocker, is ACDC back really? in black. Yeah. Wow. That okay. has sold a ton of albums. It's been out there a long time, first of all. I mean, Thir- it, it, right. And it's had a lot. Think of how many times ACDC has that kind of like resurgence in popularity. Well, anytime a movie comes out, right? Yeah. With, with their songs in it, they probably get some albums. When we were kids, Mark, they were 10 years, 15 years old. I mean, they were a mid-80s band. And when we were kids in the 90s, Thunderstruck was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Every high school football team coming right. out and on the field. And then early too. 2000s, Jack Black did uh, School, of Rock. School of Rock, which brought back a bunch of those songs that seemed to spike their popularity yep. again. Seems like every time one of their members dies, they, yeah. <laughs> they get a little bump. It, I don't know. It, it does help. It's kind of like when Glee came out, uh, Don't Stop Believing had a huge like sales bump because that was the song that was featured. Uh, number two by the, or number three, by the way, was Shania. Yeah. And then, uh, then Adele. Adele. All right. We got about... Eight minutes left, so we haven't talked sports on this for a while. I do want to, because Jared is Mr. Basketball, to give Jared a little bit of chance to talk about his hot takes for the upcoming NBA draft. Specifically, if we want to talk about Iowa State, we can focus on their guys. And here's your chance to play prognosticator. What is going to happen with the Iowa State guys? Uh, First of all, I think Talon drops out of the first round. Really? Why is that? Uh... Man, I just I, I don't think that people are sold on him as what we maybe thought that they were. Have you heard? Previously. Have you heard that his current play has not been great? No, I I haven't heard anything specifically, but I but just from what I I read, you know, where the people that I that I read a lot of, um, I know that they talk to a lot of people, and it just seem it seems like everybody is less convinced that he has a position maybe than what they thought he would he's do. He's a tweener. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and it's not even that he's a tweener because obviously there's not, that's not a, a thing really anymore with just the way that basketball is, but where he doesn't really do anything at an elite level. He's the only things about him that really right now, I think are elite are his length, which is something that really he doesn't control. You're, yeah. You're, that's kind of yeah. just how it is. How he's born. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, I think maybe his, his playmaking skills to an extent, but at the same time, he makes some ill-advised decisions, especially with his shooting choices. Sure. sure. Um, he does not shoot the ball at an overly consistent level. We know that for sure, and he's so streaky. Um, I don't think that his shot is one that people are overly confident that they will be able to fix to the point that yep. he will be a super consistent shooter down the road. Yep. And he's not a good defender. I mean, he he makes some plays sometimes that are that are all right, but he just he isn't a very good defender. Uh, you know, from play to play, he it, it kind of takes where he'll make one really good play, or he'll get a steal, or he'll block a shot, or something like that. But you just see flashes of things that he can do. Can someone figure out a way to harness that? And you know, I I think Talon, I, I still think Talon will get drafted. I think he will sign a two-way deal with someone. But I think that he will probably spend the majority of this season, and I would guess the majority of next season, in the G League. I could see. I could see kind of a Deontay Burton type of, and that might even be best but case not, scenario. That, I mean, Jared, but he's right? not, and I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying he's that type of player. I'm yeah. just saying that that type of career movement, where he ends up in the G League, performs well in the G League, maybe even bounces around, gets a couple of what are those ten day contracts, the two oh, ways, the two ways, right? And I, then and then 
if he's able to, if that athleticism is able to develop into real basketball talent, right. I think that's what you're saying here. I mean, well, he dude's a freak athlete, and he's 18 years old. He doesn't even have that same explosiveness necessarily that Deontay did. Right. And I, I mean, get, Deontay could do those things that when you saw him jump, it's like, it, it's like, dude, this guy like shakes the ground yeah, jumping. Right. I completely, I'm not trying to say he's athletic. No. I'm just saying that type of path that we saw Deontay go through that yeah. seems like it's a really tough one. When you're watching highlights of him throwing down dunks in the G yeah. League and then two weeks later he's sitting the bench yeah. for minus, 10 days it's like minus the stop uh, averaging whatever it was like 45 points per game in south korea like he was last yeah, year but he was bouncing <laughs> again he, he bouncing around yeah. the, the world trying to find a spot i that's what i can see happening with so the biggest unknown i think is because I, I i think i think you believe this um Wigginton not getting drafted. He will not get drafted. If he got drafted, I would be absolutely shocked. Okay. So that leaves Shaq. I think that he will – he has a chance to jump into the bottom half of the second round. Okay. I, I think that he – I think that Mariel's good enough to play in the NBA. I think that he probably will play in the NBA at some point. But I just – teams do not draft for – pure skill sometimes yeah. i mean they they know that they can go and get a guy like mariel shayak yeah. shayak seems Anytime. very very steady to me he's not he's not a big risk his phone will team. ring immediately after the draft is over if yeah. he does not get picked yeah. i i'm pretty confident in that and and he will go i think that he'll go to summer league and he'll play really well he's a guy which, on monday we could hear about signing a uh, uh undrafted free agent yeah yep or i mean even tomorrow like on you know over the weekend we'll yeah. find out that he's this is who he's going to go play with in the summer league summer league starts in two weeks i think uh and he could go out there and you know similar to what matt thomas did two years ago where he went and played to that lakers team and then everybody got hurt and they still went and won the championship and he i think he scored like 30 something points mark, in that championship game mark aren't you glad the summer league starts in two weeks seems oh, like we haven't it. had basketball in like days, days, days. days and it know. really is a year-round venture. Holy crap, dude! Much more than football is. All right, Jared. Let's let. Okay, put on your thinking cap here. Okay. Um, get out the crystal ball. Um, I'm going to see if you can correctly, and this isn't too tough at the top. Correctly pick the top five picks in order okay, of what's going to happen. Okay. New Orleans at one. I think we can all agree. Oh yeah, that's Zion, hundred percent. All right. I think you can go no, number two. a little tougher. But I think you could go number two. two pretty hit. Yeah, John Morant's going number two. Yep. Okay. That's why, I mean, they ch- I think that that was officially guaranteed yesterday with them trading I, Mike Conley. Th- three th- is th- locked th- also, I think there's right? a favorite for the Knicks. Barrett at three. Barrett yeah. at three yeah. And now is four and five are where it gets really tough. What do you think New Orleans even does with that? Do you think they hold on to that fourth pick and take somebody from that second tier? Or do they try – Hines thought they might even try to package some things and trade up into that top three. See – I don't know that they'll try and trade it, man. They, who are they going to move to? <laughs> yeah, you right. Know? Right. Neither one of those teams are they're, – they're locked into those Memphis dudes. is, I think, dead set on they want John Morant, yep. which makes sense because I think John He's Morant's good awesome. good fit there. Uh, and I, do, I mean, the Knicks would be stupid to trade anything. To, and they would be stupid to move up one pick to get to get that. You can't it, get – I mean, you're not going to bring in – Barrett's no. going to be a bigger draw and, a, and probably a better talent than anybody you're going to bring from New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. And – if anything, if anything, I could see them taking the the package that the the Hawks were supposedly um, shopping for the the fourth pick for eight and ten, which makes sense because I think that that'd be smart for what the Pelicans need. They would get a guy that would really fit that could fit their uh, what they need at eight and ten, where you get a guy like DeAndre Hunter or somebody like that. At four, I mean, I think even if the Hawks trade up, I think that people are pretty confident that Darius Garland 
uh, from Vanderbilt. I think they feel pretty good about him being the guy that will uh, that will go number four. Um, and I think I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody try and move up to get him because he is really good. And we forgot about him because he spent most of the season hurt. Plays at Vanderbilt. And also. he plays at Vanderbilt. But right. he, he only played in like five games. And yep. then he, he got hurt and missed the rest of the season. And then number five, I think, will be Jarrett Culver. Okay. From Texas Tech. Big 12? Yep. All right, so you're officially locked in. Those are your picks. Those are my picks. Top three is hard to argue with, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, four and five, I really think that it could go anyway. If New Orleans does stay at four, I wouldn't be surprised if they took DeAndre Hunter at four, honestly. I mean, I really? think just because right now what they need is shooting. They don't have any shooting whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And when you don't know, I mean, Brandon Ingram has had all those health problems that are uh, that have kind of plagued him here for the last year, year and a half. So you don't know what you're going to get from him. Obviously, we know Lonzo can't shoot the ball for nothing. Uh, Correct. Drew can shoot a little bit, but and then Zion's a guy that I don't think you can expect to come in and be a big time shooter for you. But if they did trade back to eight and ten, like I said, I think you could get a guy like Cam Reddish at eight, and then I think you could get a guy like Jackson Hayes at, from Texas to play center. And then if you get those two guys, man, you got a core that you can. Yeah. That, I mean, you can rock with those guys. Did for you? A while. Uh, were you aware that? Um, uh, LeVar Ball wanted uh, his son in New Orleans all, the whole time. That was that was the plan. That according, was, I'm not, according to LeVar Ball. I, I'm not surprised at all to hear LeVar Ball <laughs> try to claim that. I wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me a bit if he came out and with a straight face tried to say, this was the plan all along, man. You see Melo's going to New Zealand? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I wonder if he'll actually make the league at some point. I think he will. He's a good player. He's a lot better than the middle kid. I mean, he, he I wouldn't be shocked at all, actually, if he ended up being the best one. Really, uh, at the end of the day, LaAngelo. La La yeah, LaAngelo. Is, La is that the middle one? I don't know. Whatever happened to him? He's going to end he's up selling not, shoes he, or something. He's just not or stealing them. them. <laughs> yeah, true. See what I did? Uh, you made a little China joke there. Well, it wasn't did. a China joke. It was. Jeez, took place that in, makes it sound took, like I've took said place something in China, Ross, culturally did it, did it insensitive. Just took place. I thought it was uh, shades too. It was. sunglasses. God, it was like a twenty dollar pair of sunglasses. right, man. All right. Uh, hey, I mentioned earlier rates. You know, can help you find a, a great house at a great rate. Ryan Grove up in Ames. Call Ryan Grove. I did not know this, by the way, but Ryan Grove. I did know he's a good shooter. I did not know that he teamed up with Young Jared here uh, to win a three person league or whatever you guys. No, we won the Huxley City Championship. Booyah! Ryan Grove is on that team. You, you beat the threes. other. Beat the other team. <laughs> there were probably there was, there were six teams, six teams to be exact. Actually, hey, there might have been eight. Ross, know, we had to play three games. The point the is, they're champions. All right. <laughs> so Ryan Grove is a champion. He can help you buy or sell up in Ames and do it now because rates are absolutely fantastic. Uh, Chris is hopefully going to be here next week. Uh, we have no idea who else will be here as we're down a co-host. We'll figure that out. Ross, thanks for coming in. Jared, I love thanks doing for recording. It, thanks for inviting me. I'm off to a closing. We'll see you next week.